Welcome, listener, to the Symbiosis Now podcast. I'm Tyler Colombero, and I'm the host of the show. Look at you listening to a podcast, cool kid. Living it up, I see, or I hear. That's what's up. That's what we need in these crazy times. People listening to podcasts, having conversations. Ooh, we could get far with that kind of information slash conversation slash delegation. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, we have a great show for you today. Nick Chagoya, my artistic ass friend, is back in the building. He's here. He's ready to rock. We're going to have a good ass conversation. You know it. And he's going to give some probably good insight by helping me figure out how I feel about things and who I am and why do I think I am who I am. I'm sure that's what we're going to get into tonight. So obviously now that you're listening, like, subscribe, share the fuck out of this show, and let's get on with it because I'm getting antsy. I got to talk to my boy here. So hold on to your hats, folks, because we are rolling in on the symbiosis train into now town with Nick Chagoya on the Symbiosis Now podcast. kind of direction do you feel like your art is taking now because i feel like i've noticed it changing really yeah over the course of the last like six months i feel like i've noticed you having a different i feel like the last time one of the first times you were on the podcast the first time you had painted that mural of my dog lila right Mm -hmm. and you are awesome at painting but i've noticed that like i'm sure you still paint but i notice you do a lot of like tiktok like bringing to life cartoon drawings and shit, which is really epic, I think. And I know it might just be like a like something you like to do for fun, but it looks really cool and you're really good at it. Oh, well, I'm not, well, I don't know if I'm doing it for fun per se. Like I'm just doing it to like get better at like drawing specific things that I want to get better at. Uh-huh. So like like people and like characters, eyes, mouth, features like upon the face that I want to get better at drawing. Yeah. You know? And so like those type of the drawings that I do it it helps me like you know by practicing and getting a lot better uh-huh. and like spending my time on you know just little like little drawing like that uh, helps me you know set myself up to draw something better just to challenge myself you know what I mean yeah I do yeah and I so, can like, empathize with that and so like that's well that's what it that's what the story behind like those drawings are because like I just like honestly do it like people ask me to like draw stuff for them and like I just do it and like and so like I just do it for practice I don't, yeah. I'm not really doing it for like, I don't know. I'm not doing it for like a reason other than just like to get better at, you know. Which drawing. is really cool. Because for I it guess. to be really cool and it just be practice is pretty rad. It's kind of like seeing someone that's like just practicing basketball, but they're fucking making every shot. It's like, well, they're just practicing, but they're pretty fucking good. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's the kind of same thing I feel like when I look at your art. Like, if you're just practicing... It looks like someone's finished product. Like it looks like someone that really put a lot of um, thought into bringing this to life in this way. But I feel like I don't know. 
of what I see online, you know? Hmm. Like, everything, a lot of things, too, is, like, still frame. It's not moving like yours is, you know? Like, coming to life. Hmm. I feel like most of what I see is just, like, uh, jump cuts, maybe, of, like, someone having the canvas, and then they're painting something, and it's a jump cut. Or, like, uh, uh, I don't know. Still, still two-dimensional looking drawings and things, you know? Hmm. Not really often showing the process. Like yeah, where you yeah. see it come to life. Like if you're listening to the podcast, you got to check it out. Like you got to check out, I'll put it in the description, his <laughs> his TikTok and his Instagram handle. Hmm. Yeah, know? it's because um, well, like the app that I use is called Procreate. And uh-huh. it allows me to like um, export like, the process of the entire like drawing wow and so like that's just what i do i like i just download the the video export from that specific drawing and then i just attach music over it yeah and then just let it go and then i send it on tiktok um i just like the music that some of the like i collect a lot of the sounds on tiktok because yeah. some sometimes like i can like i scroll through tiktok and like i find a really cool sound or like a song or like some type of beat but it's like, oh, this will like kind of go good with like something that I might draw later on, and so I save it, and then I just like, I just use it to, to attach to the drawings that I do, and yeah, it, it sometimes it may uh, sound good together, like the music goes well with what the video is showing, and then other times like it doesn't, but like I mainly try to like find music or like sounds that like go pretty well with how the drawing is and like how the process of the drawing looks like. So, like, you know, like, the way that certain, like, strokes might look like will go to the beat or the rhythm of, like, the way the sound is. And so, like, I try to go go, go with that. Well, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and the so, time, <laughs> it's pretty lit, like, honestly. Yeah. I and mean, I feel like that's, like, that's all that TikTok is about is when you're creating a video, you have to really time, like, certain things correctly yeah. to make a very good video on TikTok. Like, you can see, like, that through people's editing. Like, the way that they edit is, like, it goes along with what your eyes look at. And so, like, when you're processing it through, like, your eyes, like, it's stimulating a part of, like, your brain that's like, whoa, this is pretty good. And and that's why it conveys to you that this video is good because they spent time on how it will look like and how, like, it will go through throughout the video. At least that's what I noticed on TikTok and how people can make viral videos, you know? Yeah. It's because they, they put a lot of emphasis on, like, the... I guess the flow of the video and the way that it can match up with what is like seen and heard. Yeah, it's like it's like it has to be cerebral. Like it has to really make you like hit all the senses with just by seeing it though. Yeah. Just by seeing it though. So you're trying to actually like But that's all art, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's it all is. art. Like every like painting or like drawing or anything it can really stimulate the brain in a way. And the same thing goes with music too. Music yeah. can do that as well. And so like to have both of them together this is more stimulating, I guess I would say. Like, I, I always beef on fucking social media and stuff, but honestly, it's amazing to see what humans can do. Yeah, dude, Like, it's, it's so actually cool. really amazing, too, to see the average everyday person, too, doing things like that, instead of just, like, the elites making fucking commercials that are, like, dude, piss for real, poor, huh? you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is something that I noticed, too. Like, a lot of people that are, like, not even really famous are making good, good content, like, grade A content, like, yeah. that's good that in a way that that's good to them, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I feel like most of the good things that people make doesn't stem from them wanting other people to 
acknowledge it. I think it stems from how well they believe it is to themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the good stuff, you know, like the very, very good and down to earth type of content stems from the heart of the creator. Yeah. And not from like what they believe other people will like out of it, you know? I like that. It stems from who, what they believe is good for themselves and their skill level and what they believe is good to them. And they, they could they could not really care. They could care less about what others might think of it because it's just what they, they like love about it. And that emphasizes what their art is. And so that is the reason why most of it is good because it stems from that, like, you know? the heart of the the heart of the creative source you know oh i like that dude i like that and i i kind of see what you're saying like i definitely agree kind of like i agree like i see what you're saying yeah fuck yeah and like that's that's something that like artists and people who are good at like specific things like they tap into that part of themselves to really like understand and also enhance what it, it means to be what they're good at you know right like even like people who like skateboard they emphasize on on how they feel like how their body feels while they're skating probably and like you know and go with that rather than overthinking you know am i even good enough or and stuff like that am i gonna fall right now yeah or am i gonna fall they they just they get in tune with their body when they're skating i feel like that's what it is with sports in general is that it's a flow it's a flow state yeah yeah, yeah, with how their body feels the moment they're playing or executing what the game is yeah and i see that a lot too and like good like sports too and like you know tennis and like all kinds of different sports um you can see that a lot too especially when people are really good at it you know yeah and then practice does help them a lot and the same thing that goes for everything that people are good at you know you have to practice in order to be better at it absolutely um but yeah like i said like it really it really matters when you get more in tune with you when it comes to the art that you make whereas you could honestly just like look down on your art compared and compare it to like other people's artwork and be like oh well my artwork's not gonna be as good as this person's because i'm like looking at it and like dang you know it's nowhere near as good as that but then you can't think like that yeah you can't otherwise think like that. then that's just what it is because then you're believing it you know you're believing that part about yourself that you know you won't live up to this person but you don't have to but your mind is telling you that you are. And it's an so, interesting place to be in your mind, huh? To think about all the pressures of what other people think and how they would view it. And is this good enough? And is this okay? Yeah, I but get But then you. you're, like, you're the only person that's doing that to yourself. Right. No one else is doing Absolutely. it to you. You're the only one that's really like sitting with it and thinking about it constantly. And it's taking away from the time that you could be using in order to enhance your skills and understanding of the art itself. You know? I like what you're saying. I feel like on the last episode of the podcast, I have my buddy Alfredo on here. And he was kind of, I feel like he was asking the perfect questions that got me to think outside my normal self throughout the whole episode. And specifically kind of like the idea that I get, I trap myself into um, ways of thinking often. Mm. And I like to say I'm not married to my ideas. But sometimes I just can't let one's go, some go, right, bro? Like I just can't let that fucking idea go. But, um, like it's weird. But... All I'm saying is that really he helped me understand, like he was asking me like, what does it matter what other people think and how, if, if we're connected, is it even real? Is unity even really like a realistic outlook and, 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 a, and a realistic uh, possibility, you know, in a weird way? And I kind of, you know, took a, a second to think about it, but I realized too that I do this to myself in the sense where I am concerned with the symbiotic nature of everyone 
because we all are connected and it does matter that we continue to fill our role even though we could say it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks and does and some of those things that people say sometimes are meant to motivate us you know but i think about those things i think i choose to put myself in a position where i'm thinking about what can we do we could do better if we're the best uh country on the planet like we claim to be and we rule all this shit we really should have it more unlocked so i'm just kind of longing for another day but i could also just let that whole idea go and be like it is the way it is right now which i often live in but part of this podcast is also to like inspire like longing for better for us to do our part better well you know and to keep talking about it and keep us rolling but some people could say what's the point like why do you need to like uh, root cheer and root for more connectedness when we're all kind of unified like we're all unified through our individualities here you know mm-hmm. but i kind of feel like there's a mesh of both it's all interconnected it's all a nuance you know mm-hmm. well like i feel like that's the beauty of it though is that like each and every individual has their own perspective over what life it tr- like life is but the very but at the very end of the day, it's like we are all connected in a way because we all affect each other in a way. You know what I mean? Like even not even doing anything is still having an effect on the world. And even every single person's thoughts and ideas and everything that they bring into the world the moment they wake up, the moment that the day starts, is what the universe is accepting. And even people that don't do anything, like they're still making a mark in the universe the way that it's plan to you know (laughs) yeah they're like forms of communication you're describing like even if you don't speak or you're not communicating it's a form of communication like giving someone a cold shoulder and it's also making a mark on the universe even if you don't think it is yeah kind of like you can't go back in time and change shit it would be totally different like the butterfly effect but we're in the reality we're in now because if you're doing nothing right now if you're doing nothing at all Mm -hmm. then that's what you're doing (laughs) and i still do it to myself where i like to get lost in my imagination you could say of like how things could have went all this time and how we could have went different ways with the way we're doing things but what the fuck do i know you know so i have to also step out of that box and be like tyler's kind of crazy you know he wants to do do the right thing but really he's too locked on certain ideas that could never be righted Hmm. they can never change but interestingly i find my path just being I just want to help better our food system. I feel like if I know how to grow plants and I have knowledge that I help people all the time already and if I make it my career, I feel like I'll actually be able to help our food system remain and sustain even if things get weird. Hmm. Like if we start growing indoor and stuff, like I'm down for the role. But I don't want to do something that devastates that in the long term or undermines our actual future because we need food and we need hmm. water. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We could say about all this other stuff, about electricity even and all this stuff, but we definitely need food and water no matter what. So to me, it's like end-all, be-all. Humans wouldn't be able to – we wouldn't be able to sit here right now and let our brains be talking and meeting if we weren't eating and drinking water because we'd be dead, you know. So it's really remarkable that we have all this extra time to think about and talk about what's going on in the world and how we should – we want it to be and how we view it. But really, like, we could be – really searching for food and that's all we could be thinking about luckily that's not the case but the the fact that we do have food at every corner and we somehow can make it even if we're broke we can get food stamps and shit we still can eat so we have time to think about all this other stuff kind of like in the old world where philosophers started coming around it was because there was a time of 
stagnancy and like guarantees the next day you knew that there was going to be food at the markets and now we can start thinking about how our society is and mm. how could we change it to be a little different and better mm. you know and that's kind of where philosophy began it wasn't because they were on the search constantly looking for food on the ground or something or hunting constantly until they get what they get and sometimes maybe run into nothing for a long time versus obviously having plants under your your tool belt in the sense of like, hey, we can grow this field of wheat that'll feed us through the season. Mm-hmm. All of our little clique right here, our little tribe, you know, it makes sense to become sedentary and want to live close to the food. But now we have food everywhere and people don't live close to food a lot of time, you know. And the thing is, is that, like, they don't even teach us about, like, that stuff in school. Like, the schools that, like, we are being, you know, taught in, like, they're not really teaching us how to, like, sustain and, like, grow life the way that we should. I mean, they do, but it's an option. Like, it's a, like you can take ag and stuff, and, like, yeah. but that's an option. For sure, though. But I feel like people should be taught, like, that kind of I stuff. I agree, but I also understand that we, in our society, we we kind of prime everyone to be specialized instead of no broad spectrum of techniques and tactics everyone wants to be specialized meaning like you want to be uh like i worked in the entomology department most of those people wanted to be an entomologist they got their degree Mm -hmm. in entomology right like you know they are a special kind of sector that's entomology so that falls under like agriculture and all this other stuff but it's a little niche but i don't know where i was going with that actually now well it's just that like because you know well i guess like in high school they start to like really spread what they what they teach and you start to get more involved in what you truly want in your career towards high school it, that's when like a lot of classes start like opening up for you and even though i felt like i had no connectedness with that at all yeah like, i had well, no idea what i was gonna do that's true it's because like I didn't. they really don't really i mean they do it's hard to think about that but i guess it's just that the motivation of a high schooler and the energy they have kind of gets out of the out of tune with what you know they have planned for us and what they want for us i feel like a lot of that stuff has to do with what society has done to a lot of teens and people like kids growing up i feel like that takes a lot of out of like motivation out of them um to really search for what they want in their career you know what i mean and so like it doesn't happen until like maybe late in high school or even college to where they actually start to really be motivated to go out of their way to achieve what they really want out of life. Yeah. But, you know, from elementary to high school, like it's just honestly just building, you know, what they need to do to be a human, really, in society. It should be, but I mean, I remember taking like pre-calculus and other people taking calculus and trigonometry and all this stuff which is awesome like you know it's awesome that people had the opportunity to learn all this knowledge true but i also know that a lot of those folks didn't become a fucking physicist if they were taking ap physics Mm -hmm. you know some did but most didn't and 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 it's kind of interesting because maybe they averted and went a different path with their career Mm, like just like i took physics in high school but you know I, I end up now being in plant and soil science, which has to do with physics, but more so chemistry, right? Which I've never taken until now. So I'm 27 years old and I'm taking my first chemistry class. Like maybe I learned a little bit about the periodic table of the elements and shit when I was like in sixth grade or something, but I never took a class that was chemistry for like six months or a year or whatever. Like, no. And even in high school, I never took chemistry. I took physics, I took my math classes, biology, shit like that. You know, hmm. 
but my career now, I, I took, like, for example, I took biology and I liked it, but I never thought about plants being important as a child and as a, mm. a teenager. I never thought about it. I'm telling you, like, I thought it was just, it was always there and I have, it's not important. Like, it's not directly in front of me. It's not, it's not girls, right? It's not video games, whatever people are into. But that, but that didn't happen until you really with your own path to what you wanted to discover about yourself. Yeah, until where I basically and lost control of the wheel, I felt like, because I'm like, dude, I don't even know where I'm going with all this. And I had to literally, like, let the train slow down and kind of go on a, like, a wild fucking, honestly started, like, smoking weed and, like, got <laughs> kind of started trying to do psychedelics and didn't know what I was doing as a young man, desperate for answers, trying to find my way. Mm-hmm. And as I... As I got in trouble and I, I realized things I'm good at and things I'm that are important in, in the world and to me and if I'm going to make a mark and I'm going to be free, I have to actually do the best that I can and learn stuff that's actually important and how I got here and how we all got here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. It's a it's a unique perspective but I it burdens me practically which is why I say it's a cage that I need to step out of sometimes though because it's not for me to fix. I'm just one person. I'm just some dope. Mm-hmm. We're at a hardware store right now. I'm not even in agriculture right now. You know, I still garden and I take things seriously and I do my own little research and whatnot and I help on pot farms every now and then and stuff. But like I don't – I'm not really in the shit. It's not my career like, you know, hmm. and uh, partially because I feel like it shouldn't be about making so much money and it shouldn't be like how can I not make money selling like organic lemon cucumbers that's like where you get those at? But no, like I wouldn't even be able to sell most of them unless I went to a farmer's market, hmm. which is cool, but I'm not going to make much money. Like on it because anyone would just say, ah, I'll just go to the grocery store and get cucumber. What's wrong with that? You know, there's not a high demand, especially in California because there's food everywhere being grown all around. Any crop pretty much. Unless you go somewhere that they don't really right. have that. Yeah, but then it's also usually climatically challenged in that sense where like if I go to like Nevada and I want to start growing <laughs> cucumbers, it's going to be hot as fuck. And maybe I'll find an area in Nevada, yeah. but most people are probably already growing cucumbers there if there's a spot to grow cucumbers. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's yeah, like that. It's all mapped. It's not... And so it's really hard to find opportunity in my mind because I struggle with what I want to do. But I also am starting to open up the, the idea of like what's wrong with making me some money and, pro- and providing for my family so that they can already – they can actually handle shit to come. And I can actually maybe hopefully help them actually make it. You know, Instead of just be that deadbeat dad that just doesn't have any money, doesn't even have a retirement. Hmm. No, no offense to anyone, but I, I feel like that pressure that you're talking about, what other people think and all that stuff. But then I also let that go because it's like I'm trying really hard. I feel like I'm pretty intelligent. I have great communication skills. But I'm just trying to survive out here. I'm just trying to pay my bills and make it to what I want to do and find my niche. And I'm in my niche. But I know niches change. Callings approach. Hmm. And you have to follow the calling. You know, So I'm ready for those callings. It's just interesting because I'm very picky. You know, I've tried to do things that didn't work out, you know. There's fucking fireworks going off outside right now. <laughs> Which is dope. But Let's take a little moment here to talk about insurance, guys. Let's be real here. We all got to have auto insurance while we're driving out on the road. And I got my friend Alfredo Vargas over there at Academy West Insurance... He's on Manning Avenue in Reedley, California. He provides fair rates and great insurance for the time when you need insurance. I'll tell you, there was a time where I got in trouble. I got a DUI and I rode my bike for like five years and I ended up needing insurance once I finally bought a truck, got my life back in order, 
And I had many conversations with Alfredo in the past prior to me needing insurance, but I remembered, hey, he's got insurance. So I went over and talked to him. He set me up right away, takes payments very easily, and he sets you up with quality insurance. So give him a call at 559-638-3800 to get a quote right now. If you're in need, don't be like me and wait five years to get a car and get insurance again. Do it now, because let's be real. That's once again, Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance. Check him out, tell him that you heard about him on the Symbiosis Now podcast, and he'll set you up. Anyways, all I'm saying is like, it's interesting because when I was younger, I never thought about any of that. Didn't care about any of that, you know? And partially, I kind of feel like cannabis helped me realize that plants are, whoa, I smoked this flower off this plant. And this changes my entire perspective of everything. And it all came from As a young man, and I'm like, whoa, you know? But then years later, I realized that everything, food, everything, what we are, we are what we eat. Everything we eat is what we, yeah, what we are. (laughs) Yeah. Everything we eat, like literally. Like Like how critical it is. It's it's the medicine that is given to our body. Everything we choose to eat, you know, throughout the day. It's just something that goes into what makes up the molecules in our body, essentially. Yeah, it all has to be there, you know. That's why people take supplements because they're like, oh, I'm not getting it in my diet. You know, I take supplements. You know, but I also know that like, if you're not eating the right foods and you're taking supplements, it's not supplementing anything. Uh, it's not breaking down. You can't, into anything, you can't take really. vitamins and then eat a cheeseburger or nothing. Or McDonald's like people after. do meal replacement shakes all day, thinking they're going to lose weight. You know, hmm. things that are not healthy. You know, that's the only strange. way is literally to eat good food and work out. Like that's it. That's literally the true way. Like everyone could say this: you drink this, you take these vitamin slash supplement things and make you not hungry or whatever. Nah, dude. Like, we all know that's all pseudo. That doesn't, that's not real. And maybe if it helps you get the jump, okay. But, like, you cannot rely on it. It's not food. It's not actual nutrition. It's not, the body doesn't want you to do rely it, on it so much. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> of course they do, though, because they offer it for a price. And if you want to keep paying for it, absolutely. They want I, you to do, though. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I have my struggle with marketing because it keeps coming up on the podcast a lot lately. Marketing. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how I feel that it's wrong to tell people to keep buying Coke when they probably have diabetes. But at the same time, how do we censor it to where those people that have diabetes don't get that ad? Like it wouldn't, it'd be almost weirder to do that. So it's kind of interesting because it's like we see all these ads that say drink more beer, drink this, or do this, or buy this. Hmm. And if you didn't think about it, you may not have even bought it. But the people that say, hey, I find value in that and I'm going to spend my money on it have the right to do that. And they should have that option. So it's hard to argue with marketing when really they're just trying to give the consumer what they ultimately are probably going to want to buy. I guess. But in my opinion, I feel like most people would not buy Coca-Cola if there wasn't this 100-year push to buy Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And originally being having cocaine in it to get the people addicted perpetually for 100 years even though they take the cocaine part out but they still use the coca leaf and extract mm-hmm. the cocaine properties like the actual like um, numbing portion of the plant. And then they do that all in one location in the United States. It's allowed to do that. And then they make, manufacture that into like benzocaine and Oragel and these weird things that the dentists give you. Dang. So they still import cocaine. Where is that cocaine coming from? And that's a lot of coca leaves to make all this Coca-Cola too and to produce uh, – I forget what it is. Like benzocaine is like, like – it's the cane part of it. They still use the coca. Hmm. But they use the leaves for the flavor. 
but there's no cocaine in it, apparently, right? But there's still caffeine and sugar. Yeah, and lots of sugar. A condensed form of sugar that's high fructose corn syrup that actually the body does not know what to do with. So you get a sugar rush, but then your body's like, what is this substance? This is not fructose. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. This is not sucrose. This isn't natural. This is not something that I've ever really fucked with. Until you fuck with it, I guess. Like we've Until you get just, used to it, yeah. We've, we've drank these things and eaten these things most of our lives. Yeah. You know? So yeah, people just give it to their kids and like, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's even interesting to think that like, you know, that they did pick cocaine and that. And what was the reason for that is because they wanted people to work more. And, you know, that's what made them, you know, get more work done is by being under that type of drug. And even with like a lot of the things that people offer, like beer... And um, and all kinds of stuff. Even weed, too. Well, the coffee break, right? The coffee, coffee break too. was designed, literally, calling something a coffee break, was not just to give someone a 10-minute break. It was originally to give them coffee because everybody likes to have a cup of coffee, but it to also makes them, them more productive. <laughs> to give it's them energy to work. Yes, it would make them more productive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think also there was a lot of times where uh, people were drink a lot of alcohol to deal with a lot like of the warfare, like the in war, they go under. Like, absolutely, like Vietnam veterans and you know, they would use do. heroin, like you know. They come home for work and they just drink their beer, get drunk, and then wake up and then go to work the next day. It's a coping mechanism, thing. but it's also it's also what the consumer has money to spend apparently and wants to buy with their money and but finds value what, in. But maybe that's what they expect out of it, you know. Absolutely, they do, and it's a trap. I agree. I'm just trying to like find a, a valid you're to, argument. You're trying to validate the way that the consumer is going about capitalism i don't know man like honestly a lot of these uh big corporations they put a lot of the weight and the the price the all the price on the consumer right like Mm -hmm. uh, if you buy a bottle of uh coca-cola right like for example you buy it you also pay for the crv on the bottle or the plastic or the can and then you're expected to go after you drink it and recycle it and take it to a center where they give you money back for it so they give you what you pay for it in right super inefficient and then they take a lot of these plastics and these cans and they don't actually recycle a lot of the plastics because they have to sort the plastics properly. And they try to do that at the beginning, but let's be honest. A lot of things don't. So they don't actually recycle a lot of this stuff. A lot of it was getting shipped to China where they're just putting in a landfill and like burying it and like putting in a landfill, which is also where a lot of our water is gone because every bottle that is closed that has a little bit of water in it is stuck in that water bottle until that water bottle opens somehow and disintegrates, which we know takes – we don't know how long. Because it's its own little vessel. It's its own little earth now. It has an ecosystem inside with water in there that will never leave until it's open. So I feel like sometimes our water crisis is is because we're managing water inefficiently. And this is all because we wanted to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola and we wanted to basically pay for the whole process of it and it just gets shoved in a landfill and basically take little droplets and add up like the penny game, a bunch of water over time. Because it's moisture. Even if it's soda, it's still mostly water. It's liquid, you know, trapped. But this is all just because, hey, you wanted to buy this Coca-Cola. People still do it and don't bat an eyelash. And I'm not really talking shit on it because I see the reality of it. It's real. I'm not I'm not afraid of accepting the reality of it. It's just that what do you do when you disagree with that whole process and millions of people do that? Like, you know, I don't buy Coca-Cola, but I've bought bottled water. And I've, I've taken it to the recycle spot and left the lid off or left the lid on 
you know? Dude, and it's not only that, it's also that, like, the, the Coca-Cola... I'm guilty. The Coca-Cola also competes with these other, like, companies, And you can't well. just go to Coca-Cola and be like, hey, I have my own bottles. Like, I'm going to recycle my bottle. No, that's out of the, out of the question. Mm-hmm. But it's... And then you actually are paying for the process of recycling. I feel like the company selling you the vessel that they decided to carry it in for you to get it to your she- to the shelf and for you to get it to your home should be paid for by that same company. But no, no, no. That's a cost that we don't have to opt into hmm. we can arrange the crv thing and these weird things and put it on the customer the consumer themselves so you're paying more taxes too you know basically and if you don't mm-hmm. recycle it you throw it in trash you really didn't get your money back and you also just put it in another landfill and and i i, I think about these things every time i throw some away like so imagine my mind go? where i'm trapped bro like i think about these things like they matter so much but then it's like bro you gotta let it go this is our world you're not gonna fix it all tyler you know so that's where it's like I, I, I argue with myself all day long like of like, man, I see the justifications in it, but I also see all the fucking horrifying well, reality of it too, you, you know? You got to cut yourself some slack because like it's okay to think about those things. I agree. I choose to put myself there though. Yeah. I choose to. But I got to also let myself choose to not think about it, which I do throughout the day. Obviously, I turn this shit off. I suppose. But then you could also think, well, isn't it wonderful that I am able able, like, able to even think about such Oh, yeah. Things? That's when I'm really, really relaxed, tripping balls or something <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I've done pretty good. I'm alive still. I'm 27. Holy shit. Like, I made it all this time. I've been breathing oxygen, and my lungs are still working, apparently, and my immune system is still trying to fight off crazy shit, and I'm alive, you know? Mm-hmm. But about a year ago, I didn't feel very alive. I felt like I was dying. I felt like I saw no future, saw no hope, saw our leaders lying to us and then also being hypocrites. Well, so it's like, ugh. You have to die in order to resurrect. Yeah. But I feel like a part of me died. And part that part of me resurrected in a different way. To where I'm, well, I feel like I'm psychologically a different person well, six gonna, months to another six months to another six months in the last two years. But you'll keep, you'll keep doing that. You're going to keep going through that throughout yeah. your entire life. Just like... The caterpillar turns into. Well, the I'd rather do You're that. You're just going than to transform. I'd rather do that. Your ideas all the time. I'd rather do that. But you are going to do that. Then you are doing that. Yeah, but does everyone? I'd rather do that than get old and never change well, my it's, opinion. It's everyone who stands stern on how I feel about this. It's everyone who chooses to be conscious of their decisions, and their choices and their ideas. It's those people, the people that actually have full awareness of what it is they're thinking about and what it is that they choose to do. It, it's those people. I mean, if there's a lot of people that are out there that are unconscious that are just, you know, doing things just because they, they're doing them, because they were told to do them. Right. But then there's people that are doing these things because they choose to. And it's your choice because you're aware of these decisions. And if once you're aware of these decisions, then you are starting to understand yourself a lot more better. Yeah. I vibe with that. And so, you know, although it is... Like, it's a personal journey. It's a personal growth journey for all of us. But what, what we're talking about with me, definitely it is for me. It's mm-hmm. a personal growth journey. It's hard to relate. And, and to t- why do I need to go outward and talk about it all the time, though? See, that's why I don't do, like, narcissistic videos of me saying these things mm-hmm. in little clip forms because I don't, I don't vibe with that for some reason. I don't feel like I, I'm that – like, I should be out in your face telling you how I view the world and my perspective mm-hmm. and – why does mine matter so much when I'm living it? I'm viewing it. I'm really here and experiencing this. Mm-hmm. But I find the, the internet, if you're not really engaged, like the world passes you by. Who is this guy? I never heard of this guy. How many followers does he have? What the but fuck? Don't, but don't think about that. I don't like that. 
You don't have to think about that, though. I mean, you can think about... No, and I don't really. I'm who I am. I'm just saying that I see how the world around me views things, and Mm -hmm. I don't vibe with that, and I don't really view it that way either. Oh, I get you. I just see the view. I see the perspective that I see everyone kind of addicted to, you know? But I I find myself to really be engaged in reality and experiencing the now, quote-unquote, yeah, but, like, really being here, not just... Mm -hmm. If I see some like shooting star, would I really want to grab out my phone and try to catch it? Even though I wouldn't, I would have missed it. I'd rather just be there and watch it. Like, as it happens. As it happens. Yeah. Make it real. Make make it humble me real fast and make me realize how small I am. As that star shoots through the fucking sky, wherever the sky ends and is, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a million ways to think about all kinds of things. Oh yeah. But like, interestingly, like, I continue to think about certain ways, and I also yeah. try to shed that way, shed that skin of th- that way of thinking. Well, try not to think about certain ways. Try to think about all the ways. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, for example, like what you said about the shooting star. Like, I mean, people could be shooting a picture, and if they get the picture just right of the shooting star, they could have, they could post it on the internet, mm-hmm. and then that in itself will affect so many people because of the way the internet is built. It's going to implement itself into a lot of the people's minds over what shooting stars are and how they go about and and what it means to them mm-hmm. and so like you know you, you know it's, it's it's strange to really think about like you know certain ways of thinking but like it, there's so many different perspectives over how you can view a certain thing or situation and so it's up to you to choose which path to take and which which way to think about it yeah and that's essentially what all of us here are doing is just going our own paths and intermingling once in a while you know finding our place yeah yeah and and kind of just running with it sometimes and i think i think some of us though like we we forget that we're actually on a path like i really do think that and and why why does it matter maybe we should sometimes right we have to forget some paths that we go down especially people that are like users that are drug addicts they get addicted to things they have to leave that path behind them it's really difficult especially in a society where it promotes all these other fucking drugs Mm -hmm. you know like you said with weed you know which is cool but I don't think everybody should be smoking this dank ass weed with the highest THC content especially if it gets their life nowhere especially if it takes them down um, rather than lift them up you know absolutely Um, financially too because damn they're making it fucking expensive which we knew would happen that's true but you know life is just it is what it is honestly like it you just kind of go through it and try to understand as much as you can he has the human perspective, but life itself is like all around us, you know. Well, life is in us. Like we call it life, but it's really like my perspective. Like, you know, when we say like life is just man, you know, it's like actually life is biology. Like life is like things like animals and plants coexisting and there's an ecosystem all around us and we're just one part of it, you know. So I also am concerned sometimes about how big headed I get about how. I see things and stuff, but really I should just be absorbing it. Why do I have to be such a go-getter and ready to get some fucking paychecks that barely get me by? Mm. But they tax me harder the more money I'd make anyways. You know, it feels hopeless sometimes, but it's like, fuck it, man. I got to keep the train rolling. Whatever pays to get me keep, keep going. But money's not the forefront of my mind. Forefront of my mind is survival and actually making connections because I feel like often connections are exactly what we need. I wouldn't be here talking to you if we didn't have a connection. True. And I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have probably made it through hard times if I didn't remember the connections I have with certain people that I I'm, I like. And I, I find value in us both being here still, you know. 
Yes. Because I lost my, my, she wasn't my grandma, but she was basically my standing grandma as I was growing up mm-hmm. just recently. And I realized like she is gone. And that is a part of that time and that generation that had stories to tell. It is gone, you know. And I miss her. And I miss that we had a connection that now can no longer exist other than in my mind. Well, you know. Not even just your mind, though. It honestly isn't in your mind. It's in your heart. It's the love that you shared together that is staying with you. Yeah. Enough for you to acknowledge that that in itself was love. That's what it is. It, it's not really. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's coming from your mind. It's coming from, well, you know, what your heart can can be. It's the love that you shared. You know, it's the love that you felt when you were around that person, that individual, and feeling that it's that they're no longer there. The love is is still continuing to survive within you. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's hard to explain, but like love is what carries our connections deeper. You know, the love that we share towards other people and individuals, it, it's more powerful than really anything in this world. Because, like, without it, we would choose not to do much about it. Mm-hmm. Without it, we wouldn't choose to get up out of the day, get up mm-hmm. and, like, try to prove ourselves to those that we love and to those that we carry in our hearts. And even, if we to were... those that passed, even to those that who passed away, we're still trying to prove ourselves to them because we love them. You know, and that's why we get up each and every day to do the best that we can is because it's for love. We, I agree. We're alive for love. <laughs> like instead of uh, being alive for fear, like in the aspect of if you really believe that it's the survival of the fittest, look around. There's plenty of other people that are fitter than you and I. If we were really believed that, we would walk outside of our house afraid yeah. if it's survival of the fittest. I find it to be survival of the most connected, the most symbiotic, down mm-hmm. to actually be not directly maybe. But definitely indirectly connected, you know, because it seems like that's how ecosystems flourish when it's balanced, not when it's all one way. True. You know, monoculture of trees is a farm here. We, we wouldn't know? be here without love. <laughs> yeah. But it's not nature on, on the way it would grow on its own, having a monoculture, you know. Mm. So why would we shoot ourselves in the foot and think about um, how we have to be the fittest and the ways that really is like to be fit actually means deeper than just being like bigger badder mm-hmm. or more aggressive or have more money it but, means like by being fit like in communication skills mm-hmm. and connectivity and also aloofness too having alone time and being okay with that you know and our strengths come from all those things and it's almost like maybe that's what we mean by survival of the fittest but we look at fit really weird and I find it to always relate back to, like, actually survival the most symbiotic. Well, we never really acknowledged that until someone brought the idea into our heads. But I know that also I feel healthier and in a better place in my mind the more that I get to have symbiotic conversations, like, beyond just my own home with my wife, because I love talking to her about stuff. But I also like to get a lot of other people's perspectives instead of just my own. Because I would be just a crazy person going in circles talking to myself about how I feel like it is and no one would be able to talk to me about it in any other way. Hmm. But something about that I like and I like putting myself in that cage. Even though it's a beautiful cage, I have to be able to step out of it too and be like, yeah, but me. Like I have to be selfish too at times where it's like I have to do what's best for me right now. You hmm. know, It's weird. It is weird. It's but hard if, to think about 
but as we're doing me and it comes in in phases like you should have a time period where it's it's about me right but also there's time periods where it's about we you know us us unless unless you're at a point in life where there is no separation yeah but then the struggle's on the grind is real you know what i mean the nose to the grindstone tell you you know right hopefully you you get out of the hole you're in financially and stuff which really doesn't happen so it really makes it seem hopeless a lot of time i see where people are depressed i see why people don't like this you know i see why people are complaining all the time about our system it's fucked up our system is fucked up we have to know how to change it and we're not really doing that we're just griping about it and on to the next issue that's topic right now what happened to communism Remember when everyone was like, communism, socialism, a year ago, from September to like January, because it was election time? Now you don't really hear about it that much. You know? It's kind of interesting, because that buzzword comes around where everyone's tweeting it and saying it, and then a couple months later, no one's still tweeting about that that much. They're talking about it that much. They're talking about whatever they heard on the news last night. They're talking about Afghanistan now. They're talking about... The vaccination is on the news. Yeah. So it's there is a there is a feedback loop happening, hmm. and I choose to kind of not feed into it. I have a different loop that I'm listening to apparently, like on my little antenna in my brain, what I'm trying to tap. To? I don't know. I'm tapping into like the others that are like that, that see that, that see that. Hey, like you don't have to be in this weird feedback loop of all these towers shooting out signals. Like you have your own. We're here. And I feel these things, these people, but I don't know who they are. I can't put a face to them. But I know there's other things out here. There's other humans out here that are definitely on that same wave. And we're thinking in a different realm where, honestly, I don't know how to say it's where humans maybe should try to be at. Because there's a place where we may may not even actually communicate. But we're all here. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like levels of reality or something or levels of... uh, of chakras like maybe you could say like and it's not about being a higher level of consciousness than another it's just the idea that hey man we're all here and you see this other weird loop going on where everyone's regurgitating what they see i don't like that why do i have to do that why don't i send my own signals out kind of and increase the ideas out there for those that are tired of that shit they'll hear it even if they don't actually hear it on a news channel they'll hear it through the fucking ethernet, the social ethernet, bro, the waves. I don't know. I thought about doing another podcast calling it IdeaCast because I feel like there's lots of ideas that we all have. And sometimes someone it's like, I have this fucking amazing idea, but it's like, yeah, our, someone's already thought about it. But does it matter? It kind of solidifies the idea that those ideas are out there. And if we grasp onto them, they're like another organism. Damn. They're not just inside our head, you know. Dude, it's so funny that you say that. It's because I read somewhere, I'm not sure where, honestly, but... I read somewhere that you have at least three days, like when you get an idea in your head, you have three days to enact that idea. And then once those three days are up, it goes to somebody else. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. Three. It's got to be three days. Three days. To, specifically. Yeah. Interesting. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> three is a really interesting number, though. But, um, but, yeah, so like when you have these really, really cool ideas in your head, you have to act it out. You have to execute those ideas. Otherwise... They're gone. Be wasted. Maybe, but maybe they're recycled. Yeah, into someone who does where do they execute go? it. Right, where do they go? They go back, maybe. Well, sometimes you even see them. <laughs> the ideas that you have in your mind, they they come about when you see them later on. And you're like, oh, shoot, there it is. What the? Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, that's because we're all interconnected in a way. We all, we all transfer these ideas to each other. We do. 
I think. Frequencies. I don't really know how someone could dis- disagree other than like, well, scientifically prove it, Tyler and Nick. But at the same time, it's it's kind of like, look at it. Like, just watch, pay attention. And I feel like you would validate that. Like, dang, feel- think about like how many ideas you've thought of and how you've seen someone else enacted on the internet. Like, you've seen them do a video of like, dang, I thought about this one time. Like, this was a good idea. This was a good meme. A meme is a good example. Like, I was going to make this meme, but True. I saw it, you know? But you didn't see it before that, so you, you, it wasn't because you saw it that you thought of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it kind of validates that there is there is proof. It's just how you want to look at it. Yeah, that's true. The proof is in the pudding. The pudding's all around us. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes when everyone's like forcing an ideology that is scientifically backed, scientific backing was never supposed to be morally conducive it's actually in fact to take morals all aside supernaturality completely off the table this is concrete evidence there's no speculation at all don't believe anything else (laughs) no this is what it is but it's also like that's what this situation like say you do a research uh a research study on fucking like certain group of humans and you give them a pill or some shit and you find out what happens. Mm-hmm. You only found out what happens in that small window with that group of people that you had. Mm-hmm. Which, no offense, like, what person wants to go be experimented on by taking an experimental pill other than when you're, like, broke and you need money? And you're already stressed out and struggling. Like, it doesn't seem like the best pool of people. I've never been asked to go be a part of a study like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what I mean is, it's kind of like, too, where's this research? This research is always tainted and faulty mm-hmm. in a weird way. Because everyone's unique, you know? So it bothers me when everyone's like, morally, we have to do this, or morally, this must be the situation at hand. Like, you know, morally, um, we have to stop using fossil fuels. And it's like, dude, but it's not going to quit putting the weight on it. That will always be used, but we need to shift to other ideas. But where are those ideas at, motherfucker? Quit suppressing the people to where they can't make those ideas reality. Let them you know? go. <laughs> Honestly, so many people want to fix, they want to find the solutions, but they are struggling just to find a career to where There's they can so actually work for someone else. To find their solution that they're looking to find, yeah. you know. I just wish that you know these big corporations had a lot more heart for humanity. You know, I, like, humanity. Their perspective is just dollar signs. Dollar signs. Yeah. Dollar signs. I gotta be rich, and which makes then sense. I die. <laughs> that's that's what they decided to do with their life. Whoever's involved in but that, who works for those companies, just like I've worked for so, a lot of companies. They're in so still much do. power, huh? It's crazy that they're in so much power, though. Like they, like people that have those ideas and those beliefs and that perspective over how to view humanity are in such a place of power and it's just so insane to me like it's so weird to think that because like how did they get there if they don't truly believe in the positive aspects of what humanity can bring forth into this reality yeah it's it's a little depressing to it is disheartening it is because like man they they have so much money to make a change and they don't or even if they do they're they're limited to it because of what other people might view them or or what other people might, you know, suppress against them in order for them to really get that money through to, like, certain things like charity and, like... Because you see a lot of rich people giving their money away to, like, a lot of these, like, you know, foundations and uh, fundraisers and charities. But, like, I don't know. It's just strange because, like, you know, you never know what's going to, like... You never know. It's just strange to think about that kind of stuff because like they have so much money and so much power to you know make great change to take resources from across the world and use them to develop into some kind of product like i feel you like it's pretty remarkable that we've gotten to this level 
to be like, oh yeah, I need two, I need five hundred tons of fucking steel for this project right now. I'm like, you know, ship it over. And then, and people make decisions with their money to make a worse effect on the world. You know, it's it's that kind of depressing. But yeah, it's just so yeah, sad. Yeah, but the evil don't sleep, and so why should the good? You know, that's like, true. I mean, not not like you don't for get every, rest. For every bad you, person, there's always a good person. Yeah, there ain't no rest for the wicked. So true. there's rest somehow for. The righteous, I guess you could say, but man, are they exhausted? So it's kind of like, where do we want to be? You know, right in the middle somewhere is kind of where I shoot for. I'm definitely not wicked. I'm not restless. You know, but I'm definitely not like be not hungry. I'm definitely hungry for more. Like I'm, I'm struggling to get by type of thing a lot of the time. You know, be where your soul chooses to be. Yeah. Be where your soul wants you to be. Well, that's all I do. <laughs> Literally, like, a lot of people would consider, like, methods for me to maintain my sanity is weird. Like, you know, people would call me out. But I don't think about those pressures because, hey, man, this is how I'm the best Tyler that I can be. The best person that I've known myself and, and found an identity in to be naturally free-flowing with my environment. This is the best way I know how to be. Mm. You know, by trying to sit down and have podcasts. And by having interactions like at the fucking hardware store where I like actually help people, giving out food from the California Food Bank to students, even though a lot of them are really ungrateful, there's there's a lot that are very grateful and it makes it worthwhile. And it's like, dude, I know how much of this helps me out to get this free food. So I know people are like, damn, I'm getting hooked up, you know? So it's a good these good feelings that like honestly, that doesn't make me money. Like I'm broke. But I, I found purpose in this for now and I like doing it for now and I'll just keep doing it for right now. Until the next calling comes. And then it's like, see you later. You know? <laughs> Gotta do the next thing. Hmm. Better things. Better things. Whatever that means. Different niches. But right now, I like it. It actually helps me stay in a good place. But people are like, well, why don't you just go fucking get a job at Kearney again, Tyler? That's where you're making money. It was a real job, kind of. It's like, dude, I've had a lot of real jobs. What are you talking about? I work side by side with 50-year-old people. You know, old people that are still, this is a legit job that they literally provide for their family with, you know. I've worked a lot my whole life in a lot of different places that I've actually mostly left because of bad management. Mm. Most places that I've ever left was because I just can't handle the management. I want to have good leadership. I'm a leader, you know. I don't like having poor leadership. And what I mean by that is like no direction any day and um, never having the resources for the employees to get the shit done. Like those things drive me up the wall, but I still put up with them at certain places because there's something about it that's beneficial to me. Hmm. But there's only a time frame on everything, you know. Hmm. And also, like things have really ramped up, like being in the public persona, while everyone's super terrified of making each other sick, but really none of me, nobody really cares because they're just right next to you in the aisle and shit, or right like right up on you, hmm. like. The stakes are way higher, but we all get paid the same that work in these positions. And we just have to cope with that reality every day and just become numb to it because it's still really tough to become numb to it. Dang, Tyler. Yeah. I'm just speaking my mind, but it's also like I feel for all the other people because I know they feel like that too. I'm not the only one that like goes to their job thinking, fuck, man. Like I'm supposed to just somehow swallow all this anxiety just for be 100% functional. Dang. You know? And we do it. It's remarkable. Well, how much we could put into ener- the, that energy into some other things that maybe would change the entire game. But that would take our leaders to make those fundings orient towards whatever needs to change things. 
and right now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, yesterday type of shit, you know. Like the forest, the forest burning down, it's perpetually burning down all these places, especially in California. But it's because of 100 years of mismanagement. Not directly. I Nobody's mean, they're bound to burn, but we haven't really tried. And now this is the fate of it. And some of those trees that are really big and older than any of us and any of these um, dynasties practically, they might be burned down. They might die, you know. And if that happens, it it's is what it be is. harder for us to breathe here. It is what it is. So, and then the little ones will hopefully make it. But if not, if there's no drought, there won't be any trees over time. They won't make it, even the little guys. Mm-hmm. We'll see, man, you know. <laughs> But, but like, I wish that we would make these managerial things yesterday, not tomorrow. But that goes for a lot of things. Dude, and so I, who am I, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like you said, we have so much power, especially being the greatest nation on the planet. Like, we walk around fucking swinging our dick around, but yet we can't even make sure our own people are fed Dude, every day. Even, and even have... we as, like, the small portion of the people that, like, kind of identify with those that believe that a lot can be done. Like, even us. We're even being repressed by the idea that we have to go out there and do something completely different than what we have ideas about. Yeah, but you could always just grab that idea and run with it. But let's all be honest. For how many months can you just hold on to an idea and survive? No one's going to feed you. No one's going to pay your rent for you to stay wherever you're staying. Unless... Unless you have some remarkable situation where you like, it's a calling, man, where God supplied the demand. Unless your voice makes a change on a larger group of people. Unless your idea is spread throughout a lot of different people yeah unless your idea can make a change to those who agree with you but then isn't it like a cult i suppose yeah it's kind of weird like marketing goes back to that like a lot of our conversations kind of like it winds up into our leaders we want better leaders but really we really want someone to tell us what to do and to devise it better than us Mm -hmm. that's not worthy makes me feel more like a cult if it was someone that was worthy and actually was on lock and did the right things constantly and really was invested in what's best for my state or my county and what if the idea to the maximum but what if the idea cutting cutting corners no i mean like doing the legitimate thing communicating with other agencies but, dude, it's so big. It's hard to make changes. We know this. Mm. It's so big, especially because we systematically put things in place to where those systems, it's hard to alter them once they're in place, you know. But hypothetically, like, say that your idea does make a change, and maybe it does. I mean, it wouldn't be essentially a cult because it's just an idea. It's, it, it's an idea that you instill into people's minds, which, yes, could be seen as a cult, but it could also be the idea in itself could be the fact that you could be separated from those ideas. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I mean, like yeah. you spread the idea that you can essentially be liberated within yourself. That in, a, in itself is an idea that can be spread to other people for them to understand that they themselves don't have to follow, you know, yeah. a certain way of thinking, the way that a cult might do to its people. Right. But what if that idea is telling you to follow the opposite direction of what the cult, what other cult-like um, ideas can spread to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, spreading the idea of how you can, you know, separate yourself from what you believe is wrong for you, you know? Or separate these ideas about yourself and really get more in tune with who you are. Like, that idea in itself can be very effective depending on how well these people can truly understand what you are trying to give them. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I guess I could see how you can view it as like maybe like a cult. But I feel like giving them, giving people the ability to think for themselves 
is a good idea in itself. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what I really mean is that like I want them to I want them to think for themselves and to spread that idea, you know, like the way that most I agree. And that's do. why that but that's why freedom of speech is so important. Like and that's why it's so great that actually in this nation that we live in the United States, we do have those things, mm-hmm. you know, because if we didn't, this would be a different place. Yeah, and, it, and it may get to that because people are always talking about it, trying to take away rights, which is like not really po- not really possible. But at the same time. Bro, things can get manufactured in a way that like making people think a certain way about things to make them agree with changing things that they know they should have never changed. And we see that all the time happening. So we don't like to rule it out, but freedom of speech should remain. Yeah. We're pretty confident that it's not going to be taken. It's the First Amendment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but everyone keeps using that rhetoric, telling us, hey, they might take their silencing right. people, you know. Yeah. Well, just don't be on the internet then. Go make your appearances in real life. Go to like a college and have a fucking like lecture, you know. Don't just be expecting to be on every news channel. Yeah. Like, you know, social, and have to be on Twitter with your shit, you know. Social media has really enabled us to think of ourselves very differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's like we're looking at ourselves through another lens. Like, you know, we become an altered, like a virtual identity online. A lot of people hide behind that too. Remember the term poser? When we were kids, be like, poser. People call people that, right? What happened to that? My assumption is that most people became posers. And now that word is like, we're all posing. For you to call someone a poser, you look at you on your Instagram. Yeah, everyone's posing. Look at you, smile for the camera. You're posing. But now it's like everyone became a poser. So to say that someone's a poser would be like, whoa, bro. Like, you're kind of, yeah, you're telling everyone that they need to stop doing what they're doing. It's not just a few because it used to be a little different where people wouldn't just pose. They were who they were. They wore their clothes and they were just here in reality, who they were. Tom down the street, skateboarding out there. But then someone found interest in that. Someone thought of that and be like, wow, that looks really cool. I'm going to try to replicate that in my own way. And then they became a poser. <laughs> right. And that's just like... And we're all just It's posers. like a pattern. Like you can't We're have... virtue signaling. We're literally posers. We talk about like slave labor and all this stuff as we're tweeting it. Like we literally are posing for who? For each other. Because we're arguing. We're like if we feel like we're not in the in-group or we need to stay in our in-group so we say certain things. Like it's kind of strange. But it's fascinating, you know? How long can we argue with ourselves? Yeah, perpetually, <laughs> we'll still be here. You know, I think. I don't think anyone's going. Like, we're not gonna. The, the plant's not gonna explode tomorrow. No. I like to think. Mm. What do you think, bro? So, so going back to like, what your friend on, uh, what your friend said in the other podcast about unity. What does that mean to you? I get where he was coming from. He wasn't bashing unity. He was, he was just saying that. Why do we all have to think that we all have to be connected? Because then isn't it kind of a distraction from us being our best selves? You know, mm. we're all just trying to feel for each other. And then some people just, they won't, they don't want to help themselves. So why do we need to spend our time and energy helping that, that, and that person, that energy to spend if they don't even want to help themselves? Mm. So we have to like figure out and balance what's priority and what's not almost you know but what is i get what he was getting at but what is unity like in its definition in the context of this conversation like what does that mean to you i feel like i don't know like kind of what i was saying where we're all connected on some kind of other weird plane whether we're physically connected or not to where we're all kind of still motioning a certain 
vibe. I don't know how to describe it. Like, look at culture. Like, look at people do like similar things. There's a, there's a, there's a, a way about the human. Like, look at us. We drive our own car, and like that's my car. And like, look, it looks like it's my like your car. Like, you fit your car. Like, it's cool. You're like that's my that's part of your identity now. Hmm. For you to crash that car and have another car tomorrow, it'd be like man i'm different in this this bucket that i had to buy last minute you know like i don't know like we everything we do and have have is basically an attachment to our identity like me like i think of like who am i i'm a i like to garden and i like to obsess about fucking weird but, things uh, uh on our, in our world you know but what are you without your identity or we're the same thing it's just how weird you know if we take ourselves completely out of it it's like you're the same thing whether you think of your identity or not pretty much you're just an animal living on the planet and a lot of weird shit going on between the ears not even just that it's just that you're conscious of it so like your perspective like how you're viewing the world is exactly the same way that another person is viewing the world so how they're looking through their eyes and their mind and listening with their ears is the same way that you are and so essentially everything that is conscious in this reality is is everything in itself we are the same as everything else and that's what that's what unity in my way and how i define it is is that is that we are all conscious in the same ways you know especially with humans humans are all conscious in the same way each and every one of us we are simply the same blueprint with just a different perspective yeah it's our cultivar it's like uh when you have like a a species right and then you have like a the genus and the species but then there's the cultivar kind of like with cannabis a good example because there's so many strains but it's all cannabis sativa but it's just now it's a different cultivar because there's different properties gene genetic properties exhibiting themselves through these different cultivars so the way that we think is like the human cultivar where we're still the homo sapien you know but our cultivar is like our identity kind of low-key yeah like how we're all a little different but then it could go even much more deeper than that Especially when it comes to the animals and plants that we share life with. Because um, in the reality that we are in, in the moment that we exist, we exist with them. And so we are a part of them. We, they are a part of us. They need us to survive and we need them to survive. And that is how much deeper we are connected is that even if they are animals and they think of things in a very different you know, way of, of consciousness, in their own consciousness, we are still connected and we can still communicate with them in a very deeper way without even having to really speak their language. Yeah. Like we, we can talk to our pets and yeah. even, even talk to our plants Yeah, and have such a dramatic effect on them just by vocalizing the way that we feel and our emotions runs deeper through that than any other way of communicating. Yeah. And that's how deeply unified all life on earth really is, is that we can do that and communicate that way in such a, such a very, very like good and uh, you know effective way that allows us to have a deeper relationship with the things that we give our give our life to. I agree. Like the human should be the steward of its environment because we're really good at it if we put it, if we did that. Like if we take care of what's around us. Like literally, like we're the 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 hands, the helping hands to get things done. Well, sometimes like, we know, do. Oh, we do. We definitely do. But now it's like all become for the last 150 years is just corporate drive. Yes. Everything's driven by corporate everything, profits and mm-hmm. paychecks and retirements. And I get it. It's a cool thing. It's a very um, developed 
keeps uh, the keeps society way of life efficient. Yeah. What a show it was. I'm not gonna lie. I'm feeling kind of tingly from just listening and editing this motherfucker right now. Man, me and Nick got into some deep stuff, some stuff I didn't think I'd say out here. I'm sure he said some things that maybe he wouldn't really say publicly, gen- generally. But we went there because that's what this podcast is all about. And the goal is to inspire more conversation, more connectivity, more symbiosis now out there amongst y'all. I'll just, you know, twiddling and diddling around. We all gotta make it happen, Captain. So if you noticed, obviously there's some sponsors to the show now. Check those sponsors out. I'll say real quick again. You gotta check out my boy Alfredo Vargas. Find him over at Academy West Insurance here in Reedley, California and the Orange Cove area. Call him now at 559-638-3800 if you're needing insurance because he's got the hookup. Tell him that you heard about it on the Symbiosis Now podcast. So obviously shout out to Alfredo. Obviously shout out to Nick Chagoya for making this episode happen and be so amazing. Thank you listener for listening and tuning in and making the show what it is. And do your part. Go have these conversations. And also hit me up. Like my stuff. Maybe come sit across the table from me so we can talk. So big thanks all around. Big shout outs all around. And we're rolling out full of love, full of energy. And we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Symbiosis Now podcast.